mathematics or physics, I think, and as soon as the war began, he had tried to enlist. Of course, they wouldn't have him. He was about E5 in any physical classification, besides being well over age, but he would take no refusal, and presently he worried his way into the government service. Fortunately, he found a job he could do superlatively well, for I do not believe there was a man alive with more natural genius for cryptography. I don't know if any of you have ever given your mind to that heartbreaking subject. Anyhow, you know that secret writing falls under two heads, codes and ciphers, and that codes are combinations of words and ciphers of numerals. I remember how one used to be told that no code or cipher, which was practically useful, was really undiscoverable. And in a sense, that's true, especially of codes. A system of communication which is in constant use must obviously not be too intricate. And a working code, if you get long enough at the job, can generally be read. That is why a code is periodically changed by the users. There are rules in worrying out the permutations and combinations of letters in most codes, for human ingenuity seems to run in certain channels, and a man who has been a long time with the business gets surprisingly clever at it. You begin by finding out a little bit, and then empirically building up the rules of decoding, till in a week or two you get the whole thing. Then, when you are happily engaged in reading enemy messages, the code is changed suddenly, and you have to start again from the beginning. You can make a code, of course, that it is simply impossible to read except by accident, the key to which is a page of some book, for example. But fortunately, that kind is not of much general use. Well, we got on pretty well with the codes and read the intercepted enemy messages, cables, and wireless with considerable ease and precision. It was mostly diplomatic stuff, not very important. The more valuable stuff was in cipher, and that was another pair of shoes. With a code, you can build up the interpretation by degrees, but with a cipher, you either know it or you don't. There are no halfway houses. A cipher, since it deals with numbers, is a horrible field for mathematical ingenuity. Once you've written out the letters of a message in numerals, there are many means by which you can lock it and double lock it. The two main devices, as you know, are transposition and substitution, and there is no limit to the ways one or other or both can be used. There is nothing to prevent a cipher having a double meaning, produced by two different methods, and as a practical question, you have to decide which meaning is intended. By way of an extra complication, too, the message when deciphered may turn out to be itself in a difficult code. I can tell you, our job wasn't exactly a rescuer. Bowminster, looking puzzled, inquired as to the locking of ciphers. Oh, it would take too long to explain. Roughly, you write out a message horizontally in numerals, then you pour it into vertical columns, the number and order of which are determined by a keyword. Then you write out the contents of the columns horizontally, following the lines across. To unlock it, you have to have the keyword so as to put it back into the vertical columns and then into the original horizontal form. Bowminster cried out like one in pain. It can't be done. Don't tell me that any human brain could solve such an acrostic. It was frequently done, said Pew. By you? Lord bless you, no, not by me. I can't do a simple crossword puzzle. By my people. Give me the trenches, said Bourminster in a hollow voice. Give me the trenches any day. Do you seriously mean to tell me that you could sit down before a muddle of numbers and travel back the way that they'd been muddled to an original that made sense? I couldn't. But Chanel could, in most cases. You see, we didn't begin entirely in the dark. We already knew the kind of intricacies that the enemy favoured, 
and the way we worked was by trying a variety of clues till we hit on the right one. Well, I'm blessed. G go on about your man, Chanel. This isn't Chanel's story, said Pugh. He only comes into it accidentally. There was one cipher which always defeated us, a cipher used between the German general staff and their forces in the east. It was a locked cipher, and Chanel had given more time to it than any dozen of the others, for he put him on his metal. But he confessed himself absolutely beaten. He wouldn't admit that it was insoluble, but he declared that he would need a bit of real luck to solve it. I asked him what kind of luck, and he said a mistake and a repetition. That, he said, might give him a chance of establishing equations. We call this particular cipher P.Y., and we hated it poisonously. We felt like pygmies battering at the base of a high stone tower. Dislike of the thing soon became dislike of the man who had conceived it. Chanel and I used to, I won't say amuse, for it was too dead.